0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Today on the show, we have a longtime friend, someone that I met at Finnovate quite a few years ago, John Walsh, who most of you guys will probably know from him being part of Kasasa. And now you are joining us as the co-founder of Nerve, and there's so much to talk about here. So welcome to the show, John. And thank let's you. get up to date about you, what's new, and this new venture of yours.
1: Awesome, sounds great. Let's do it.
0: Tell us what's new, what's NERF? And <laughs> why, what, so tell us a little bit more about NERF and, and what's new with NERF, and well actually back up a little bit. Why did you start NERF?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so NERF is uh is think of it as a neobank for musicians songwriters djs rappers anybody who gets paid in music um so um why why we started it is actually a pretty simple story we um uh we actually my partner and i first developed a streaming app for uh independent musicians to make more money like a recurring revenue product uh so think of it as a subscription streaming service for uh artists to get their fans to sign up and uh and listen and watch content that's maybe otherwise unmonetized and so uh so we launched that product and we were taking it back to the artists who we originally engaged with uh who were saying that they wanted it and um and they'd go yeah you know it's cool it's awesome i love that uh, but didn't you also say that you were in banking, and we go, Yeah, and they'd say, Um could you build a could could you build us a bank and And I go, wait a second what do you what do you mean by that? You know i've just like you guys, we've been in Fintech for fifteen years or so, sixteen years,'ve spoken on it, uh, um, uh, written a book on it and there's probably not a problem that you could articulate for me that i couldn't find 10 other fintech companies (laughs) who solved it so tell me what your problem is as a musician and i will point you in the direction of who solves this thing and uh um and to be frank no matter like what stage these artists were in their career what type of musician or songwriter or artist they were um or even where they were, in the world there there just wasn't a, a company uh, solving these problems. So that's when my partner and I said, you know, we should listen to what the marketplace is telling us and uh, and really um, go forward on building this neo bank for uh, for musicians. So really, it, it um, you know the. The fun part about Nerve is that it, it came directly from the customers uh,
2: requesting it. So let's let's talk about what music banking is. Yeah, uh, you you have features in here that other fintechs don't have, though. So you 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 add an artist streaming and social follower information into this mm-hmm. banking app. You have private networking features so that you could talk to your, your groupies i mean i don't know what that's all about and you could access uh special types of, of payments you know business payments and other collaborations are you going to help them find gigs i mean seriously like what's like for the people that are in fintech and know mm-hmm. you as like kasasa and fintech mm-hmm. and all this stuff the last 15 years what's the stuff that's in there that's kind of like not typical banking go yeah, through that
1: a little bit yeah that's chill thanks for asking
2: um the uh
1: so so i think you know the let's start first with what what's the problem that covers the majority of the use cases that are out there in the world of uh musicians who need banking and what is the what was the you know the primary issue that they probably weren't articulating yet so there's there's actually like the issues that they were saying whenever they were talking to us and i'll get to those in a second but then there was actually a more fundamental issue and the more fundamental issue is one that definitely looks like other neobanks out there and it's essentially um it's really hard to get a business checking account it's too hard uh it takes too much time uh the required documents that i don't have like you know articles of incorporation and i'm not a i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a corporation or at least we don't think of our band yet as a you know we haven't incorporated it yet or i haven't incorporated myself as a sole proprietor all of those things and um and So the very first thing that we realized we needed to do was um, uh, was we needed to help artists start making sense of their money from a very fundamental level, which is think of your business as a business, because it's almost like most musicians, um, you know, they they start making money and then they'll go to a, a bank and the bank will say, "Sure, we can set you up with, with a business checking account. That's me twenty dollars a month, and we need all this on these documents," and and as soon as that comes up they say oh shoot i'll just run everything through my personal checking account and uh you know a myriad of issues of course arise from that that you can think of from a financial perspective but then from a from a band perspective let's pretend you're in a band or in a group of any kind suddenly your bandmates start to wonder like hey are you sure we only got paid uh that amount of money for that gig or um hey did that bmi check come in yet or you know name your questions and it all sounds well and good until you have to start showing them your your actual banking data for your personal checking account, right? So there's transparency questions that come that arise, uh, and then there's also just obviously the um, confusion and frustration around having to divulge my own personal finances to my bandmates. So the first thing we do is make it super easy for you to actually get your um, business checking account, and that's the part that it looks like maybe other neobanks that are in small business or um you know help startups in some capacity we you can open your uh nerve checking and savings account with us in about 45 seconds and you don't need a bunch of documents you just download the app and you're you're good to go Um, the uh, uh, but from there everything kind of you know gets a lot more specific into the world of music so so that's where you know you mentioned for instance if you are a, an artist who, um, who's on Spotify, for instance, we, we pull back your data that comes from uh, a site that you typically probably log into, Spotify for Artists, um, which actually has kind of some detailed data around, uh, around your streaming on Spotify. That's like you know, how you're doing by country or by city and, and, and date range and, and that sort of stuff one of the so we we bring that data in we bring in of course as you uh mentioned TikTok and instagram and facebook and twitter and soundcloud and the reason why we bring in all this data is um uh, is we want you to find nerve as like your business home you know and uh and, and for managing your your business and and while it, sure you can log into each one of these separate apps and uh see that data and you you often do if you're an artist um because you know that youtube data makes money to you uh and uh but but oftentimes what artists have told us is they'll go to these apps they'll start logging in they'll check out you know insta and then they'll see some dms that they want to respond to and before you know it you know they're dealing with cat videos and everything else and it's so the idea here is let's just bring it all in make it a a nice central hub point so that you're you know you can go handle those dms later um but keep your focus right now on the business at hand so that's where you know that's why we bring in that data Uh, over time you could start visualizing for instance another sort of data source that could be in there might be a digital distribution partner so if you're a musician today Unless you're a very, very, very prolific large musician, like maybe like Rolling Stones as an example, the vast majority of artists don't have relationships directly with Spotify or Apple Music or somebody like that. They have they they use a service called a digital distributor. Uh, so that might be somebody like uh, CD Baby or uh, Dis- DistroKid. These are like third-party services that that talk directly to Spotify and Apple Music, and they work with thousands and thousands and thousands of of artists. Well, you can imagine inside of our app, you know, you swipe and there's your uh, Spotify data, you swipe again, maybe there's your uh, DistroKid data, and now you can see even more data about, you know, how certain uh, tracks are doing and maybe payment data is doing for those particular partners. We don't have that just yet, but those are partnerships that we're very, very interested in making and you may see in the near future. Um, Another example of something that we do very uh, specific to to music is, as you mentioned, we uh, we have this like um, uh, ability for artists to pay each other peer to peer payments. So think of it as like Venmo for musicians. There's a lot of benefits here. Um, If you're a uh, If you're an artist today, you're probably getting paid through Venmo or like if you're a session drummer or something like that, you want to get paid through PayPal. And whoever's paying you either has to pay those fees relative to paying a business to business account or, you know, making payments for business. So you can imagine like Venmo just threw on that 1.9% plus 10 cent charge on the PayPal side. We've been circumventing it for years by saying, oh, your friends and family, wink, wink um and that's when you do that you you necessarily leave transactional data and really important data outside of the um uh outside of the system so so that data looks more like a friends and family transaction instead of what it really was which was maybe an actual business purchase or um you know something that could be expensed maybe um a tax time or something that uh that may be a tip maybe money that, that actually came in. And obviously all of that stuff relates to things like lending. It relates to um, all sorts of sort of interesting financial services that right now, because that data is sitting in the outside, um, don't get factored in. So we have this you know peer to peer functionality that again, you might just say, well, all it is, is like Venmo. Yeah, it's, it's Venmo specifically for musicians, except there's no fees at the business to business level. It's instant peer to peer payments. And um, artists are already enjoying it on our platform, uh, which is a great thing to watch. And when they do that, of course, um, it starts building a private network. And that private network, as you mentioned, is not for groupies. That's the fun part about it. It's specifically for collaborators, people that you work with and pay. And these are other professionals who are only in uh, the nerve ecosystem. And, and these are people that you know. perhaps you want to um, play with if y'all are in the same town next week or maybe you need a session drummer so you're going to go to your private network first and find that session drummer and bring that person in so we have that uh that more personal private linkedin if you want to consider it that way and then you know another thing that's uh that that again looks really uh kind of topical and pretty easy to laugh off is uh is um is a feature that we have, which is uh, kind of guides you through the process of bringing in your external sources of payment. So think of this as in the traditional world, we'd say, hey, just link your direct deposit and you'd find somebody in HR and and you'd say, hey, you know, I need to send money to Acorns or whatever the case is. Um, but when you are an artist and you are not w2 centric and you don't have somebody in hr the words direct deposit may even be something that you have to google um because you don't you know and you're you're really unfamiliar with that Uh, but the reality is and the reality is these artists will often get 15 different micro stream payments from all these different entities they'll get a, a small you know maybe maybe small maybe large but a, a payment from BMI that that can come into their personal account or a payment from SoundExchange or a payment from the digital distributor like i just mentioned like DistroKid and then you've got you know your money from Bandcamp and all these different streams of revenue that currently get caught in all this noise of your of your personal account and what we do is make it really easy for you to point all of that and put it all directly into Nerve which first lets you start to make sense of these deposits and these transactions. But really what we do is we then layer intelligence on because any artist will tell you it's not uncommon where these streams of revenue may suddenly just stop or where payments just may accidentally get missed. Um, and for some reason, an artist may not necessarily see the revenue that was due to them. So what we do is we layer intelligence on that actually monitors this stuff and says, hey, you know, this payment should have arrived by now. Have you have you uh, <laughs> do you know where that is? Uh Because if not, maybe it's time to contact them. So anyway, so there's a few examples of the reasons why, uh um, you know, a neobank that's really attenuated on a certain market helps solve real business problems that exist today that are. Never going to be solved by a traditional bank or even a neo bank that's focused on the, the general business.
0: Well, I, I'm listening to you, John, and I keep thinking, my goodness, there is so much more that banking services in general needs to get caught up with. Because, for example, like our business, we're not musicians, but trying to look at what's in the market today that we could leverage for our small business has been so hard because nothing actually works the way we need it to, right? So we just leverage traditional services and income provides, and we just kind of, you know, coochie it together in a way that works for us with tons of spreadsheets and things that we use to track, and it's a pain.
1: So, it is a pain. You
0: know, right? And, it is and a pain, I, yeah. So. So next next for you after nervous, you know, try to solve that for the other small business, please.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I I I you know, we deal with the same problem at our corporate level, right? At the small business level for us is, you know, just we're we're on our third bank right now within a year of of getting started just because of these issues, right? And so people are like, "Well, why don't you go to a neobank that that's just there for small business?" I said, "Well, unless that bank really focuses like that's I guess I guess my point is like you know you can say you're for small business and that's cool that you support small business but there's a myriad of small business types it's small business issues and and unless you're really focused on specific segments you're going to miss out on solving the real problems instead yes. you're just going to kind of perpetuate the problem.
0: Exactly. It's it's like there's so many different flavors of it.
2: Um exactly. and,
0: and it's it's painful. I, I we can attest to it. I think we spend a lot of time just administratively trying to make things work. But, <laughs> but enough about us. Tell us about um the preservation project and some of yeah, that earlier pre- efforts. Yeah, uh, preservation what project. It? What is it? <laughs> What is it, John? Tell us more and how that ended up crossing over to your passion of sharing not just hot, to find music, but also fintech and banking. How did that all came together as well?
1: That's cool. Thank you. The uh, yeah, the project really started um, in the 90s. I was a uh, uh, a DJ in Chicago um, trying to I, I, I conned myself into thinking that if I made enough money as a DJ, I could pay for school and and i i just i'm not a good dj let me put it that way maybe that's the problem i I know plenty of people make money that way i I was unable to and i was spending all my money on, on on rare records and what i was spending in particular was like rare funk and soul and uh i had some buddies who really got me into it and i just became really obsessed with what is the rarest what's the hardest to find thing and shouldn't that be saved and so Around the late 90s, I started collecting um, reel-to-reels and acetates of funk and soul music that was uh, recorded, but never actually released. So, um, uh, and my thought was that one day technology would get cheap enough for me to move this material over and actually release it originally on vinyl the way it should be released. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, at the time there was like, you know, you saw like the, the music genome project and stuff start to kind of, uh, begin there. And, and I was thinking, man, you know, at some point I'll be able to like tap into this music genome project and figure out who is this and match it to somebody who's actually an existing musician and all of that will be wonderful. Well, you know, technology certainly increased and all that was, was great. And prices got cheaper. Um, and you know, um, uh, in in many many ways. So around 2015 or so, a buddy of mine sent me a uh, uh, a little device, a, a hardware device called an Apogee Duet, and uh, and a copy of Pro Tools, and said, you know, get to work. It's time to start releasing that stuff. So around 2016, we uh, released our our first material, and this again is material that that um, that's from artists who who have just been lost to time. And, um, and is previously unreleased music. And so the idea was, you know, we spent the better part of a decade kind of tapping into people around the globe, saying, hey, have you heard these people? Do you know these people? And no one had. So my last ditch attempt was, let's put it out on vinyl and um, in small runs and see if somebody comes forward and we'll reserve the money for uh, the artists or their families and give them whatever money comes out of it, and hopefully make a uh, a match that way, make a connection. And so, uh, the second release we did, we uh, we made a connection, and and it was one of the most incredible things ever. You know, this this gentleman named Harvey kind of came out of the woodwork, and it's like, I haven't heard this song in like fifty years. I can't believe that this thing exists, and uh, um, and and to be frank it's still one of my favorite songs there is uh and and um, uh and it was just really really wonderful thing to make that connection and, and so preservation project you know we continue to release music we didn't realize that vinyl would be as popular as it was um or as it is today back in the 90s of course uh, but we only release on vinyl and uh since then i've i've uh, added a partner to the business and he he really runs the day-to-day he helps us find all the incredible material now and um uh and uh and he's just a gem and um and so anyway so that's a preservation project and we we also have a second label that that i'm in partnership with that that gentleman with and we uh uh what we do there is once we actually find the people we license them and license the material for film and video and that sort of stuff
2: You know, one of the things that's really interesting, you've always sort of been involved in community banking and we saw this quote that you said that banking communities aren't defined by rivers and railroads, but the shared experience and goals of the customers. And so when you talk about musicians with such passion and you talk about the music industry, so many musicians really aren't getting wealthy because of their music. So, as part of launching Nerve, you're also launching this beta project called Nerve FM, which is this direct-to-fan streaming app that allows creators to earn subscription revenue directly um, from their audio and video content. Could you talk a little bit more about the economics of that and how you're leveraging that as part of Nerve?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Nerve FM is the product I alluded to earlier, which is that uh, the streaming product. the The economics on it for the for the artist is. Um, it's pretty incredible you know when compared to other streaming services um you know we we uh we actually you know we share the subscription dollars uh with the artists they can make between a dollar 50 to $3 a month per subscriber and um and and you know there's there's all sorts of really cool mechanisms in there from a business model perspective but you know w- essentially where that right now is as a musician, you can go to nerve.fm and, uh, sign up and create a channel. It's free. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything if you don't get anybody to sign up. Think of it as like a, uh, really, really well-built fun to use version of Patreon that doesn't make you look like you're begging for money. Um, and, uh, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's a really great product, but to be honest, we, um, We've kind of left it in beta for uh, for several months due to the the fact that artists were saying, build us a bank, build us a bank. So Nerve FM will come back around the spring of next year. I mean, it's, it's still there. You can uh, enjoy the app and subscribe and everything else. We've got, um, you know, paying subscribers and probably twenty five or thirty artists on it but we it's not something we talk about a lot right now. Um uh, uh not that we're embarrassed about it just we we have this kind of focus on the on on the neobank and um but the great part about it is um is it is a way for independent artists in particular to make a heck of a lot of money and it's a fun it's a fun to use uh product. Uh fun to use app. So um anyway, you'll hear more about it in the spring and summer and the intention there is 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 exactly what it looks like um whereas the neobank is really for any kind of artist at any stage um uh uh sub maybe drake level um the uh uh the nerve fm product is really for the independent musician who's in control of their content and um and wants to find a way to make recurring revenue um uh but um uh, that's it and it's it's a it's a it was a, um, it's a fun app and it's really actually, to be honest, probably the best thing we ever built because it's what brought us to where we are today. Um, yeah, building a bank for musicians.
0: It's so pretty fun listening to you talk about it. Now, um, there is something else that you had done aside from this really uh, cool thing about launching, Nerve the book. Uh, you wrote a book oh. five years ago now called Bank Corruption, How <laughs> Community Banks Can Survive Fintech. Now, don't laugh because my daughter actually picked it up one day. She started reading it, and I had no idea she was reading your book until she said, Mommy, Fintech never shuts up. I'm like, Excuse me, <laughs> what did she say? And that was when I realized she was reading your book. Um, she's the one,
1: she's the first one to ever read it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, me. I read it. <laughs> I, I actually read it on the plane one day, but I, I left it on the bookshelf, oh, and you. it was it was it was fascinating. That 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 I'm like, what did you just say? Just fintech never shuts up. Um, well, you know, I was
1: thinking about Bradley whenever I wrote that sentence
0: oh <laughs> so now you know when when you wrote that book, right and and people still read it, and they do trust me, uh because it's one of the very few books that touched on future of community banking model mm-hmm. and so with new community focused digital banks like yours uh looking at community of musicians. What do you think now the future of community model looks like? What does bankruptcy? I don't know, Book I, two look like?
1: I, you know, I don't know if there will ever be a second book, uh, you wrote one, you know, the pains of it and how challenging it can be. Um, of course, you wrote it during possibly one of the most difficult times ever to have a family. Uh, so kudos to you guys. Um, the uh, I, I just I uh, personally, I'm excited to see Community banking evolve past the rent a charter mode um, that we saw over the last 10 years, which I mean, to be frank, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful that there are banks out there that that are using their charter to to help neobanks. I'm cool with that. Um, but there there are a lot of traditional community banks that probably should never be in that space um and you know it's a very specialized field to 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 be that intermediary bank or to be that bank partner to a neobank and my hope is that some community banks and credit unions kind of take our lead and say hey you know let's let's get into specialization uh you're right i mean i i, I definitely talked a lot about it in in bankruptcy but you know all my thoughts are just like any innovator They're they're a mishmash. of anybody else, everyone else is in the industry, so you know they're not original. They, they, that whole book is just me regurgitating a lot of what uh, you know, uh, y'all, and many, many others, Brett King and other, you know, Jim Barus and everybody else have, has has uh, has said and 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 described over years past. But um, but I'm, I'm I'm glad that the book had the the small impact that it did on some people. I guess for me, it it had an impact that uh, Um, uh, was kind of prescriptive more than anything else. It was a little bit like, you know, if you really believe this stuff, then maybe you should go do it. And uh, so trying to put my money where my mouth is, we'll see how it pays off.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's not like you um, have not been involved in the space and building things over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, again, with how we met and sort of your being one of those voices from the earliest days. Um, we both met you at Finnovate. We have all great memories uh, at Finnovate, which I call the Disneyland of FinTech. That's right. Um, bo- both of us did not make it to New York uh, for the second year in a row because of this pandemic and because we have kids under 12. And I will tell you, it's painful. To see uh, so much fun being had and missing our friends and uh, all of those other moments. So, you know, touch on as we wrap up here. You know, maybe some of those um, memorable moments at Finnovate over the years. And uh, what does the next year look like for you and Nerd Man? Thank you. Uh,
1: you know, so first of all, I you know you're going to disagree with this, but I met you at Bank Innovation, um, and I want to say it was like, yeah. I think it was bank. I think it was the first bank innovation conference.
0: The one um, in San Jose?
1: Yeah. It may have been it may have been the second one where I pretended to be Brett King and I was autographing his books, but I think it was the uh-huh. first one. And Brett still doesn't forgive me for that. And that was wrong. And I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> I never actually signed his name. I everybody thought I was Brett King, and I signed, I signed a bunch of anyway. Um, so uh um the uh the, 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 my best memories of, of Finovate, quite frankly, are when Finovate had the startup version. So Finovate used to have startup in California and, and and the big boy version in New York, and I just absolutely loved the um, the separation. To be honest, um, it allowed you to look at you know, Mint, of course, was in the startup world. Uh, you know, one uh, we we had. We had uh, uh, you know we were on stage there once or twice on the startup one. and and I just I made a lot of friends from that era, uh, uh, both people who were on stage and, and those who were who were in that crowd. and I think it was just it was a, it was a different level of expectation uh, that you'd get at each different conference. It really felt very different. Um, and I remember you know uh, I, I'd still love to see something like that come back. Um, I, I doubt the, the dollars probably support it, but I think it was it was just really really wonderful time. Um, what are we going to do over the next year? We're focusing on um, on building the best bank for musicians, and there's a couple of really great things that we have uh, coming out that are like um, think of them as uh, tax management uh, type services at the business level. Um, uh, some really interesting partnerships that we're working on, and. Um, and to be to be quite honest, you know you know how it is as you run a as you run a uh, an entrepreneurial venture. You, you 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 know pretty well where you are headed the next three months. You kind of know where you're going the next six months, and uh, you know you have hopes for where you want to be a year from now. But uh, nothing else. I'll see you at Finovate. That's for sure.
0: Let's make that a date. So awesome. I can't wait to see people. It's been, oh my goodness, at this rate, almost two years. Um, the last event I was in was Finnovate in Berlin. So I would love to have my first video coming back out to the world show at Finnovate. So, <laughs> hey, Greg, if you're listening, um, count us all in. But thank <laughs> you so much for joining us today, John. Thank it's you. wonderful catching up with you. It's been too long. And uh, next, yeah, we will need an autograph because God knows after this, you'll be hanging out with all the big the oh, wigs. Of course,
1: yeah. That. Yeah, I'll send you <laughs> Brett King's autograph. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just all right, joke. well, <laughs> I'm sure Brett wouldn't mind. His next one is coming out anyway. So, okay. yes, well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us on this thank show. You. And for the rest of you, Thank you for tuning in to One Vision. We'll talk to you all next week.